0: Hi, this is Alan Schimmel of DevOps.com, and we're here for another DevOps Leadership Chats. Today's guest is Mustafa Kapita of IBM. Mustafa, welcome. Thank you, Alan. good to be here. Yes. So, Mustafa, of course, you and I know each other for some time now, but for our audience who may not be familiar, um, what is your role with IBM right now?
1: Sure. I am the service line leader for our DevOps consulting
0: practice. And a great job you do of it. I've seen you in action. (laughs) Thank you. Happy to be here. So happy to have you here. Mustafa, one uh, one of the biggest issues we hear from executives of enterprises, especially, is, wow, this DevOps sounds great. And we can understand how startups and smaller companies do it because they're doing it on a greenfield or from the get-go, but how do I turn the ship here? How do I get started in DevOps? How do we lead the transformation, if you will?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Alan, that's a great question. In fact, that is probably the most popular question we get asked from our client. You know, DevOps um, has so many arms and legs, it is so hairy, and it's it such a big topic. Um, getting started is hard, and where to get started um, to get the biggest bang for the buck is even harder yet. Yeah. And and that's where we start bringing in something that we call a value stream mapping exercise. And that really helps our executives figure out, you know, what does my end-to-end picture look like? What are my bottlenecks? What are my low-hanging fruits? And probably it's one of the most important um, outputs of the exercises is, is what are my metrics, right? Um, what is it that I can improve through using DevOps?
0: Yep, and and Mustafa, of course, you know I I've seen you talk about this, and and you have developed a whole workshop around this value stream method. That's correct. And um, recently, we were out at uh, our DevOps Connect CD Summit event in Southern California, and you had an opportunity to actually do this live, right on a whiteboard, no slides or anything, that is right on correct. a whiteboard with the audience and. I'm actually going to try to embed the video of that along with this podcast on our DevOps.com page. But why don't you kind of walk our audience, if you will, through a – and again, we don't have a lot of time, but let's walk them through a little bit about what you do in this kind of workshop.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you, Alan. Thank you for inviting me to the summit. It was, it was actually great to catch up with you, and more importantly, um, it, was, it was great to be there and, and present the value to mapping act. Uh, But to answer answer your question, what we start off with in a value stream mapping exercise is just ask the audience or ask our clients, how do you do things today? How do you set up a development environment? How do you move code from point A to point B? Who does it? How many people does it do? What kind of tools do you use? How long does it take? What processes do you do? Um, And depending on how much time we have with our clients, we can go very deep or in the in the summit itself we were very high level since we only had an hour and a half. And what that does is it a number one, even for the clients, puts gives them a, a complete point of view about how do you actually get a idea to market, right? From the time development teams start coding to the time that actually code reaches the end customer or as we say moves into production. And it is in many ways a simply a conversation. You know, it, It's a facilitated conversation with a, with a goal in mind, but it is a conversation about how do you th- do things um, and where are your problem areas. And in many cases, for, for a client, this might be one of the first times that development and operations are actually sitting down in the same room and talking to each other. Right? In many cases, operations gives development an environment, and then the development team has to go in and do their own stuff to get the environment ready. To, uh, to get it, uh, to be ready for developers to start using it. So evaluating mapping exercises in many ways is the first time that they're starting collaborating on on the big picture. And that's what DevOps is all about. It's about getting the dev and ops team together.
0: Yep. And, and Mustafa, you know, typically when you're doing these in the field with real live, you know, enterprise customers you're dealing with, what what is kind of the... What's the feedback from the executives that you're, you know, working with?
1: <laughs> um, so, so The t- two that come to mind is number one, most executives are amazed at how long it actually takes them to develop code um, and actually bring it out to the market, right? It is not uncommon in a large enterprise for the entire life cycle from the time a idea has been Generate and approve to the time the idea actually meets the customer or the end user. It could be as much as 300 days. We were at a bank in which it took them almost um, 390 days to get some type of a release out to the client. So, so number one is first just um, they, they are surprised at how long it takes. Uh, number two is just the honest dialogue that they can generate not just with us, but more importantly, within their own team, is probably the most valuable piece of that exercise.
0: Yep. Agreed. And Mustafa, I know some people are listening and they're saying, oh, great. Here's an IBM services guy who's going to be pushing us to buy IBM (laughs) products. But the fact is, or maybe it's not the fact, it's my understanding, the fact is, that that's not the case in, in this exercise, in these kinds of uh, engagements that you work in, correct?
1: Yeah, definitely not. In fact, a lot of, in fact, I would say close to 99% of the time, maybe even 100% of the time, we rarely talk about IBM tools um, or any sets of tools for that matter. It doesn't matter uh, if it's open source or if it's proprietary. For, the exercise is more about understanding the current process and the current pain points. Um, so it has nothing to do with IBM or a set the tool, but more about clients understanding the end-to-end
0: workflow. Yep. And and so, Mustafa, let me throw something else at you. i going to throw the big C word out there, culture. Right? How? Because that's the other thing we hear from execs, correct? Right? How do I yeah. change my yeah. culture? So everyone talks about this DevOps thing being a cultural sort of leadership thing. Yeah. How do I yeah. do that? What, what do you do? Do you do anything around the culture as part of this exercise?
1: We do. We do. Uh, so, you know, cultural behavioral changes, as what we call it here, um, is a big part of this exercise. Part of it is, as I mentioned earlier, is people sitting down and talking and sitting down in the same room and talking about the end-to-end work. Uh, but the larger question is, uh, a lot of the cultural change happens is as you go through the transformation journey together right so instead of just the operations team doing their piece and development team doing their piece um, when we start putting solutions together for our clients we bring both these teams together and build a solution together that both of them can support and that is where the cultural and behavior change starts happening not just from what they're doing but how they're doing it how they're communicating A lot of the change happens by doing as opposed to just somebody coming and saying, well, you need to change your organizational structure this way or you need to put in new metrics and so on and so forth. Our our customers that needed this in DevOps do it primarily by actually doing some of this stuff together as opposed to doing organizational realignment.
0: Makes sense. So... Mustafa, my next question to you is sort of the classic consultant's dilemma, right? In that you come in, you identify the pain points, you identify uh, new processes, new ways of doing things, you advise the client, you may even stay there on a short engagement timeframe to hopefully see these things sort of starting to take root. But what happens after the consultant leaves, right? What's the success rate of this stuff really taking hold?
1: Actually, a lot of our, um, to be honest with you, a lot of the bread and butter of IBM, at least our service line, is actually what happens after the consulting engagement. Um, We sit down with a client and actually help them execute the roadmap that we had developed together, from A, building the platform, to integrating different capabilities into the platform, supporting that platform, even training. In fact, one of the things that we're rolling out right now with several of our clients is actually training our customers, our clients, to how to start using some of these DevOps platforms, tools, and so on and so forth. So our, our long tail, believe it or not, is actually sitting down with the customer and um, and helping them through the entire journey as opposed to just coming down and putting things down on PowerPoint. In fact, the consulting case is a very small part of our business, our our, our our real business is about hand holding them through the journey.
0: Great. Makes sense. So Mustafa we're we're coming close to our time limit, but I have another question or two for you. You know, I, I was on a webinar this afternoon with Gene Kim and a and a lady named Shannon Leeds from Intuit. And it was it was mm-hmm. it was on Sec DevOps, Rugged DevOps. But we got a couple of questions from the audience in there. You know, it's a reoccurring theme we hear in DevOps. One one gentleman wanted to know, well, this is all fine and dandy for tech firms. But, you know, do you have any, uh, uh, what did he want? I think it was chemical or energy-related firms that are doing DevOps. Of course, another person wanted to know, do you have any white papers on financial-related firms doing DevOps? And you and I were both at the DevOps enterprise. We saw all kinds of companies. Yeah, different. Yep, definitely. But your own personal experience, Mustafa, is there a particular vertical that is more suited to adopt this or less suited to adopt these kinds of, of, of ways?
1: Yeah, uh, so it, I, I'll make two comments. So, so the general rule of thumb is that anytime you have a system of engagement application, that is the best place for us or for you guys to start DevOps right? That is where you get the biggest bang for the buck, um, and that is where uh, this whole idea of being agile and fast to market makes a difference. Now with that being said, you see actually three key industries taking up or adopting DevOps faster than, than all the other sectors that we have within IBM. First is financial services. Um, second is retail. And third is, um, believe it or not, it is actually software development companies. So basically, SaaS-based companies um, that are trying to get more features and products out to their customers and clients. We see those three sectors taking up DevOps or adopting DevOps much faster than the rest of the industry. But but that doesn't mean that the other parts of the industry are not doing it. In fact, we're right now working with a healthcare client. We're also actually working with an energy client. Um, who are trying to figure out how to bring DevOps into their mix.
0: Excellent. Um, n- next question, uh, I'm actually working on a uh, report I want to put out next month on, you know, my prediction for 2016 is that this is the year of the great divide where we're really going to see the gulf widen between companies who are adopting DevOps patterns and, and, and not just DevOps, but the cloud hybrid cloud, big data, IOT, the open enterprise, if you will, right? Versus yeah, companies yeah. who are sort of digging their heels in the sand or heads in the sand. Do you, what, what do you Do you think this is the year we see this sort of real gulf start opening up or will old-style companies skate by still? You
1: know, I actually think that um, – I, I, I unfortunately think it's more of the former. Uh, sorry, more of the latter than the former. I think some companies, especially in traditional industries, are still going to be, um, are still going to stick to their guns, so to speak, and think DevOps is just a fad. Um, but then the industries that I just talked about, I think those is where uh, the gulf between the doers and the not doers is going to start widening, right? So especially when you get a retailer. Who can now push out new enhancements to their e commerce website? We'll definitely see um, them picking up the benefits of DevOps as opposed to somebody else who just chooses not to do it. I, I think that's, what, that's where it's going to happen this year, or ne- I should say next year. And then if that does happen, 2017 becomes a really interesting year because then that, that's when everybody starts to catch up.
0: Um, okay. A lot of
1: our customers are, are trying to get on the ground in 2016, so they're not in that
0: shape in 2017. I think otherwise it could be, you know, fatal for their business. Mustafa, one last question, and I I usually ask all my guests on the podcast this to end, and we'll let you go. For our leaders out there who are wanting to maybe, you know, dive deeper into DevOps or just want to lead the transformation at their organization, if you had to pick one book for them to read, what, what book would it be? Ooh,
1: that that is a very tough question. Um, there is actually a book called um, "Competing Against Time." It is. It was published in, uh, I believe, 1970s by a by a managing partner at Bain, and it really. And while it doesn't talk about um, software development or application lifecycle, it really uh, talks about how you can start thinking about time as an element of competition, and what other companies are doing or have done in the past to actually um, to help uh, to actually use time to kind of gain not just an advantage but almost a inhuman advantage over companies. Right? So Toyota comes in mind. Um, Dell comes in mind. Uh, This idea about DevOps is not a new idea, it's just new to IT, but um, the idea about shrinking time has been around for for quite some time, and I I really like that book because it kind of, a lot of the principles that we talk about now in software development um, can be found in that book in in, in examples outside of IT and in other industries.
0: Fantastic. That's a new one to our book list, and great suggestion. It just goes to show what's old is new and some things never <laughs> go out of style, right? Anyway, that is correct. Mustafa, we're over our time. I apologize. It's hard to do these things in 12 minutes. I apologize. But um, thank you so much for appearing on on this episode of DevOps Chats. And um, thank you so much for helping us, whether it be at CD Summit or DevOps Enterprise Summit or at so many locations we run into each other. Or okay. and, not to mention writing for us here at DevOps.com.
1: Thank you, Dallin. You've always been generous. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, if, if I have a few seconds, just to sure. make another offer to all your audience. So um, two, three things, actually. So this value stream mapping exercise that we're talking about, in many cases, we'll actually do it for free for some of our clients. Um, so you guys can... Can reach out to me, um, and Alan, I'll do, you have my contact. Yes,
0: we'll put we'll put it in the there.
1: Um, so that's number one. Second is we have this huge uh, we have this IBM conference called InterConnect, and uh, which is in Las Vegas. It's on two twenty one to two twenty five. Great way to learn about DevOps. Um, and, I will be you there, Last we three hundred. Perfect.
0: Yes. Perfect.
1: Um, and the last thing, if I, if I'm not running out of time is if you guys can't wait till Interconnect, I actually publish a monthly newsletter. And if you can just email me, I'll be more than happy to put you on that newsletter.
0: What's the email, Mustafa?
1: Email is m.a.kapadia, that's K-A-P-A-D-I-A, at us.ibm.com.
0: Fantastic. Mustafa Kapadia, IBM, thank you so much for being today's guest on DevOps Chats.